This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Near Never podcast. I am your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the headliner, the main man himself, the man that makes all the cogs in this preview show wheel turn, turn and turn. It is Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, welcome back. Hi, Natalie. Good to be back. As always, how's your week been? A bit depressing on the Clarets one, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, we need a need a win, don't we? So let's, let's hope we can get one this Saturday. Yeah, certainly. I think it's a. Uh, I think we were kind of a little. We, we managed to stay quite upbeat. I think in the in the main show this week, but I think we were all feeling a little bit. <sighs> would have been nice to not have two games on the board and, and no points yet. But um, to be honest, Leicester away, we were probably not really expecting to get much from. I mean, we've played full strength sides and played some of our best football and still come away from from there without getting anything. So I'm not too disheartened with the Leicester result. But Southampton at home is is one of those games we can't really afford to to give away too many points, are they? Um, so, but we'll see. Newcastle are flying high, though, so we'll have to see where we are. Um, of course, what have we got this week then, Dave? We are, of course, previewing um, the third game of the season, our second away fixture, which is Newcastle away. Um, but before we get on to that, young Dave, we have to give some quiz answers out, don't we? Now, we do. last time we spoke to our listeners, we asked them, uh, oh, God, I can't pronounce this. Is it Ralph... Hassan Huttle, I say, yeah. Hassan Huttle, I do too. So the quiz question from last week, listeners, was Ralph Hassan Huttle was in charge for Southampton's last three visits to Turf Moor, including last weekend. But we wanted to know the names of the other three Saints managers Sean Darch has faced in matches between the two teams at Turf Moor. Dave, put us out of our misery. What was the answer? Are you not going to pronounce these yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. You know that I really struggle with name pronunciations and I embarrass myself all the time. Okay, well, the three managers were uh, Maurizio Pellegrino, uh, Claude yes. Puel and yes. Ronald Koeman. Indeed. I got they were the one three. of those. I got one of those. I got Pellegrino. 
Pellegrino, 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 Pellegrino. That was the only one I got, and uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get the other two. So, did we have any correct answers, young Dave? Uh, we just had the one with all three correct, and that was John Robertson again. Oh, always. That's why gets there every week. But come on, listeners, get involved in the quiz. Um, we've been a bit low on quiz entries this week. I think we need to to get these out on social media as well to try and uh, elicit some responses. Or to you're all being very lazy with the quiz. Come on. It's a participation show. You're leaving me and Dave out here doing all the work. Come on. Come on, listeners. Um, well, we're going to have another quiz show at the end of the episode, of course. Um, and, Dave, we're not going to have any, in future preview shows, we're not going to have any cup games either to, to do. That's another thing from this week, isn't it? Being dumped out of the cup by City again. That was a bit of a pain last night, wasn't it? Well, there's still the FA Cup to, to come later in the season, but uh, we're just hoping we don't get drawn against Manchester City again. If we do, I'm just going to quit. I mean, I'm literally going to quit even caring about cup games. It's, it, it is getting... But then look on the bright side, Div. We only lost by 3-0 this time, which is an improvement from our usual 5-0. Well, plus we won, We actually got through two rounds this season. We, we'd, we'd, only got, we'd only won one out of uh, seven games in the last six seasons before this season. So to get Two wins and then, well, two wins and then a uh, a defeat. That was an improvement. So maybe we can go one further next season. It's something to uh, to aim for. That would be very nice. I always worry with the FA Cup because I do want a cup run. But what worries me about the FA Cup is if we haven't quite got a decent amount of points on the board, and we, God forbid, we won't be. But if we're sort of still in the bottom three or we're really struggling in January, there's no way that Deitch will put any. Um, attention onto the FA Cup because league survival is obviously much more important so let's hope we can get some results on the board then we can go for an FA Cup run as well um, but let's, that's for another week Dave we'll worry about that later we're not in the Cup anymore we don't care concentrating on the league in it um, and that league performance does start with a game on Saturday and Dave has got the right date on my sheet this week. Um, Newcastle away, Saturday the 3rd of October at 8 o'clock, which is live on Sky Sports. Dave, why don't we just jump in there right away and start previewing that game and start with the recent history, please. Opposition stats. Yeah, recent history. In recent times, so that, for this season, we're looking at away games we've played, um, well, because we're playing away, uh, looking at games played since 2009-10 season, and our paths haven't met too many times at St James's Park. Um, you may recall that Burnley won the Championship playoff final at Wembley in 2009, and Newcastle United had just been relegated from the Premier League the day before. I actually remember watching their game in a pub in London because I'd travelled down uh, the day before for uh, for that. Um, and we have spent quite a few seasons avoiding each other since then. Uh, when they went up, we went down and, and vice versa. But there have been just the four visits um, up there in the last decade, uh, and Burnley are yet to muster a win from those four games, which were all uh, Premier League matches. Uh, the one positive we have is we've only lost one of those four, um, and three of them were draws. So perhaps the wise money should be on another draw this Saturday. Well, a draw's better than a loss, but I'm, I'm hoping for a win, Dave. Um, so what about Burnley's last win? And, and I think from what we can see here, we can put these together with our last top flight win as well, can we? Uh, yes, it's the same one. As, as we've already established, we haven't won at Newcastle uh, in the last decade, so we have to go back a little bit further in time to discover our last win and our last top flight win there. Um, and we have to go back to April of 1976, Saturday the 17th of April, in fact. Um, Peter Noble scored the only goal of the game. That was with a header from a corner in the 10th minute. 
Uh, that gave Bur- uh, Burnley a 1-0 away win. Although, as we know now, that season ultimately ended in relegation from the top flight and a long 33-year wait to get back again. So, as well as being our last away win at Newcastle, it is, of course, our last top flight away win. Uh, hopefully, we can kickstart our season with a win and consign that particular stat to a stat dustbin somewhere. Amen to that, young Dave. OK, well, moving on to our first new fixture this week, then. Um, what is our recent highlight, please? Um, yeah, it's a little bit tricky to pick a highlight when our most recent win at a ground is over 40 years ago. Um, but as well as Burnley's last away victory in 1976, for those of you out there who remember it, uh, there was also a rather eventful match at St James's Park on New Year's Day 2015. Um, Burnley had one or two injury problems around that time and the situation got worse when Jason Shackle pulled up just after 17 minutes and had to go off Um, and Burnley were already trailing to a headed goal from Stephen Taylor at that stage. Uh, Kevin Long came on as a substitute to make his Premier League debut Um, and after we'd drawn level once with a Paul Dummy own goal, um, it was a, a crazy header over his uh, own keeper. Um, the home side took the lead again after 26 minutes through uh, Jack Colback got that goal. Um, however, after being on the pitch for just 20 minutes, Kevin Long suffered uh, a knee injury before half-time and had to be replaced. And Sean Dyche also was forced into another first-half substitution uh, when Dean Marnie was unable to continue. I'm trying to think off the top of my head when the last time Sean Dyche had to make three substitutions um, in the first 45 minutes of a game. I'm, I'd be amazed if there'd been one since then, to be honest. Um, but that, they were all due to um, injuries or illness in the first half. Um, the goals continued in the second half. Firstly, we had another equaliser from Danny Ings. Uh, and then Musa Sissoka put Newcastle 3-2 up. Um, and that was still the score uh, with five minutes to play as it looked like the patched-up Burnley team would be coming away from the northeast with no points. Uh, and at this point, I'm going to stop because I want to save the last part of the story for our hero section, one of our other new sections, which we'll come to shortly, as I don't want to uh, spoil that for everyone. Ooh, a little tease, Dave. Um, OK, well, our second then feature then is the low light. What's the downside? Uh, well, for the low light, uh, I've selected uh, Burnley's only defeat at St James's Park so far this millennium. Uh, that was on a Tuesday evening in uh, that was late February 2019. Um, after a very disappointing first half of that season, Burnley had been on an excellent run of form since Boxing Day. Uh, that Boxing Day defeat against Everton. We were actually after that. We went on a run of nine league matches unbeaten. But it was a disappointing night in the northeast as Burnley never recovered from first-half goals from uh, Fabian Shah, who scored a wonder goal from 30 yards, you may remember, and also a second from Sean Longstaff. Uh, and that 2-0 defeat brought Burnley fans back down to earth with a bump after that nine-match unbeaten run that had gone before. Oh dear. Um, OK, then, next new feature. Who is our hero? Yeah, well, we've uh, this is a new feature we've got for this season, the heroes and villains. And going back to that match, uh, continuing on from our match New Year's Day 2015, uh, this week's hero is none other than the goal scorer who scored the equalising goal, George Boyd. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um, Burnley fans may recall the memorable Angel of the North goal celebration. Uh, after he'd scored, he ran over to uh, uh, Kieran Trippier near the halfway line, just in front of the uh, dugouts where Sean Dyche was standing. Uh, Kieran Trippier uh, lifted up his teammate with his arms outstretched in his best impression of Anthony Gormley's famous steel structure, uh, the sculpture that's such an iconic sight in that part of the world. So for that reason, George Boyd is our hero for this week's preview show. 
Excellent. I do miss George Boyd. I liked George Boyd. Um, very nice hair. Very, very nice hair. Very nice hair. And, and God, you know what? Burnley fans love a runner. <laughs> Generally True. speaking, but we still love George Boyd. Okay, and then the next new feature, and I do like this. I'm going to put the voice on again, Dave. Are you ready? <clears throat> I've been practising. Who, Dave, is our villain? Uh, we're going to go back a little bit further in time to select this week. Hang on a minute. I, I wanted I wanted some feedback on my villain. <laughs> Could do better. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, we're going to go back a little bit further in time to select this week's villain, uh, but his selection is purely for his knack of scoring against the Clarets. Although, to be fair, he was a very prolific all-round goal scorer. Uh, so this week's villain is Malcolm McDonald. Uh, one particularly notable match involving Malcolm McDonald was played on a neutral venue. He was the player who broke the hearts of Burnley fans in 1974 by scoring both goals in the FA Cup semi-final at Hillsborough. However, less than two weeks later, he was also one of Newcastle's goal scorers in the Texaco Cup final. Uh, the Magpies eventually won that game uh, 2-1 in extra time with a Bobby Moncur goal. Uh, Malcolm McDonald had scored the other goal earlier in the game. There you go. Uh, were you at that game, Dave? <laughs> uh, in my um, uh, nappy, no. Ah, see, I'll get you one day. I'll get you one day. <laughs> um, and then, next new feature then, please, Dave. Who is our one to watch? Uh, right, well, first, the good news before we do go on to this week's one to watch. Um, our one to watch selection for last week was Southampton's Che Adams. And the good news was he didn't score last weekend. However, oh, no! <laughs> but... <laughs> however, he did provide the assist for Danny Ings to score the only goal of the game. And it was a, it was a ridiculous pass as well. And I, it's probably never going to do that again for the rest of the season. So you are definitely... I'm going to bin this feature before long. You've got what? This is your last chance, Dave, I swear. Last chance. Okay, well, this week I've resisted the temptation to choose Jeff Hendrick, and I've gone instead for um, Alan Sant Maximan, if I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, some Burnley fans uh, may have got a close-up look at him before he even signed for Newcastle, as he was in the Nice team, which lost 6-1 at Turf Moor in a pre-season game at the end of July 2019. He also scored their goal that night and looked like an exciting prospect with his willingness to run with the ball. Uh, last season, he made 26 appearances in the Premier League. Three of those were a substitute, and he scored three goals and was credited with four assists. Only two other players, that's um, Adama Traore for Wolves and also uh, Wilfred Zahar, um, accumulated more take-ons during last season, and that's despite him only playing 26 times. Um, as a whole, Newcastle were perhaps lacking in creativity in 2019-20, uh, but Sam Maximan is one player who looks capable of creating a chance or making an incisive run. So Burnley will need to keep a close eye on him if he's past fit to play. Um, he did suffer a minor ankle injury and was unavailable last weekend, uh, but he is back in training. He may be considered for this weekend's match, although he wasn't used in their midweek Carabao Cup game. I did hear uh, a report from Steve Bruce's uh, pre-match conference and it did sound like he was going to be um, certainly involved on uh, on Saturday. Well, let's, uh, let's keep an eye on that one and let's see what damage does to our side. And we'll uh, we'll, we'll decide next week whether this fe feature remains, Dave. Can it? Um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, finally, then, before we move on to other matters, um, who's the referee, please? Uh, we've got David Coote. He's in charge of this weekend's match at St James's Park on Saturday evening. Uh, he's refereed nine previous matches involving Burnley, and the Clarets have lost just one of those. That was the 4-2 defeat we had at Fulham 
uh, near the start of the 2018-19 season. Uh, the other eight matches he's been in charge of have resulted in four wins and four draws for Burnley, and he's yet to send off any players, home or away, in any of his previous Burnley matches. Uh, during the last campaign, he was the man in the middle at Anfield for our 1-1 draw against Liverpool, and we also saw him once at Turf Moor earlier in the season. That was for the 2-0 win against Norwich City. Um, his eyes and ears at Stockley Park will be uh, Paul Tierney. Um, he's been appointed as the video assistant referee for Saturday. Excellent. Now, we're not going to leave it there, Dave. No, 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 because we know you and we know how you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you delve into that deep, deep, deep bank of uh, your lovely stats and give our listeners your miscellaneous stat of the week. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Right, well, I couldn't find a really interesting one about Newcastle for this week, so I've uh, I've stolen someone else's. Um, this week's stat is one that um, Bill Edgar in the Times mentioned earlier in the week, but I'm going to highlight it again for any listeners who didn't see it. Um, the Football League, as we know, began in 1888, and since then there have been 199,972 matches. By Saturday lunchtime, three more games with a Friday evening or early Saturday kickoff will have taken this tally up to 199,975. Uh, there are 32 games with a sa- with a Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff, which means that before Burnley play Newcastle, this total will have passed the magic 200,000 milestone. Um, Burnley have played 4,944 league games so far, and the club will pass the 5,000 mark sometime during next season. Only one other club has played more than 5,000 league games in England, and that's fellow founder members Preston North End, who played their 5,000th league game late last season. Um, another founder member club and former league club, Notts County, who are currently playing non-league football at National League level, are the only other club to have played more league games than Burnley, although they'll need to win promotion again to start adding to their tally of 4,986 again. Wow, that is a good stat, and it's quite it's quite proud as well. Because when you look at that, and you go like, oh, you know, Preston, Preston got there before us. And you just think, gosh, I was only because they never got promoted to the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like <laughs> you know, our success in the Premier League has meant we've fallen behind. It's like it just makes you realise, doesn't it, what we've achieved? Um, you know, in addition to what some of our peers across Lancashire are doing as well. It's really good. That was a good stat. I liked that. Um, so taking all of those stats aside, did. Stats aside, Dave, how are you feeling about the game? What's your gut telling you about what we'll do? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? I know we don't have a, a brilliant record up at Newcastle. We haven't won there for a long time, although we haven't played that many games. Um, we have got draws in other games, so my tendency is to think, well, you know, wins are really good away from us. If we can get a win, that would be fantastic, and we are capable of getting a win. But if I'm thinking with my head rather than my heart, I'm going to go for a, a draw. I'm going to predict a 1-1 a draw for Saturday. Mm, interesting. I think we're going to win. I think, I think, I don't think we've played too badly. I'm a bit worried about defence, but if Tark is back um, playing in the league on Saturday, I think that's going to give us a bit of a bit of a boost. I'm not entirely sure as as, as how much longer we can we can have Long and um, Jimmy Dunn as our centre half partner. And not 
you know, not being nasty to the pair of them. They've, they've tried their best, but there's just, there's some inexperience there. And I think either one of them needs one of either me or Taki alongside them to be able to, Agreed, to, yeah. to cover them. Uh, I think together they're just a little bit lighter than we would like. So I think having Taki back, I think we will, we shouldn't be shipping loads of goals, I don't think. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna be confident. I'm, I think we're gonna score. I think Wood's looking really, really good. And if we can just try and get some passes to him and try and and, and not let McNeil be marked out of the game and and try and get some through balls to him, I think I think we'll score. So I'm gonna say two one to Burnley. I think that would be good. Um, and of course, I, I think it all all depends as well if, if we get any. I don't think there's any other players due to come back at the weekend. Is the Dave? I haven't seen any. I think it's only Tarker. Um, well, obviously, Ashley Barnes came back and played in the uh, midweek game. He played um, an hour or so, didn't he, in uh, in that before uh, being substituted. Mm. So um, he he'll, he'll. I'm not sure he'll start the game, but he'll certainly be available from the uh, from the bench. I would imagine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um... Yeah, no, I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be fine. Uh, let us know what you think, listeners. If obviously we, you're not travelling to the games, we don't need to. We need to to wish anybody Godspeed or anything like that at the weekend because we're all still stuck away from from the grounds. But um, hopefully, you are listening to this as part of your pre-match build-up anyway. Um, tweet us your predictions at None and Ever or drop us an email at podcast at nonnever.net and let us know how you think the Clarets will get on. Opposition view. So this week, uh, our opposition view comes from the Talk of the Tune podcast, and I'm delighted to be joined by Hodge and Will. Gentlemen, welcome to the No Name Never podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks very much. Uh, Just going to go straight in there, I think, and rip off that Band-Aid and talk about (laughs) um, all the takeover uh, malarkey that has been going on off the field for you guys over the last few months. Do we have to? Do you want to just kind of... uh, in no more than so many words, just give us your feelings and what you thought the, the general feeling from uh, from the Toonami was of that. Um, right. Well, I think the overriding feeling is like our hearts have just been ripped out of our chests. Um, not that we're dramatic or anything. Um, I think the signs were always there from the start that it was going to be a tricky, uh, a tricky um, process. Um, and I think collectively speaking, we're, we're pretty uh, devastated with the outcome. I mean, to be told at one stage you're going to be the richest football club in the world and then to find out that you're going to be stuck with Mike Ashley for the foreseeable future is, uh, yeah, it's pretty devastating. We thought the, the 13 or 14 years of Mike Ashley and him ruining our football club were over, but evidently not. Um, there's obviously still the proceedings going on were led to believe I think there's this appeals being launched to the Premier League or you know we've started legal proceedings but that's all a bit murky um so yeah I think the overall feeling is just absolute um, deflation um, but Hodge I don't know if you had more thoughts well it looks like we're about to go through it again isn't it with the uh, Nova group coming back so no, no I think it's just an absolute roller coaster journey being a Newcastle fan all the time so I. Uh, Tiring, I think, is one word. <laughs> it's like the carrot's been dangled in front of your faces and been lashed away. And forget about the yeah, carrot. Yeah, the carrot never, never happened. It. Here's the stick. <laughs> um, but we've, uh, I think we've been, they've tried to distract us a little bit with a few big name signings. So obviously we've brought in uh, Callum Wilson, uh, Ryan Fraser, Jeff Hendrick, your lad, over the summer. I don't know whether that's like distraction tactics or, or what. But yeah, it's, uh, it's very disappointing. So it is the feeling that anything would be better than Ashley then, even even with all the kind of the, uh, the you know, the, the moral arguments behind the Saudi group and all that. It, it, do people just 
is it literally anything but Ashley at the minute? As long as the owner's not a Macam, yeah. I think it'll be all right. <laughs> anything would be better than Macam. Um, it's it's a tough one because obviously you make a good point. There are the moral arguments around the ownership and, and the involvement of the Saudi royal family. We're led to believe that the public investment funds, the PIF, which I think is headed up by Mohammed bin Salman, who's the crown prince, um, he it is a separate entity to the Saudi royal family. And we're led to believe that it's a completely separate entity but I'm not sure that's really held up with um, Richard Masters um, and the, the Premier League when it's come down to it. Um, but yeah, we don't know. Hodgie talks about this Nova group um, who kind of they're making all these big splashes on, on social media, but we don't know how much substance there is to their claims that they're trying to take over the football club, Singaporean-based mm-hmm. um, business. But, but yeah, I think anything would be better than Ashley at the minute. You, you talked on uh, about the, the transfers that did come in for you uh, during the short close season. Were you happy with that activity? Um, are you happy with the names that he's brought in? Um, and how have they performed for you so far in these first handful of games? I'm pretty happy with Callum Wilson. I think to get someone who's actually got a bit of a proven record in goal scoring is a massive help for us because our um, £40 million Jolinton hasn't really returned. Um, <laughs> returned? <too much. laughs> Never started. Um, <laughs> yeah, it returned at all. Yeah, to be fair. Um, and I think pairing him up with someone like Ryan Fraser, who is a free agent, I think was really good. Obviously, they've played together, so they've got a bit of history there, which helps. Um, obviously, Jeff Hendrick coming from you guys uh, on a free. Uh, we've brought in Jam- um, Jamal Lewis I think as he's well, a very solid, solid player. Yeah, yeah, and Jamal Lewis, he was 15 mil, wasn't he? Um, I think he's got, a, he's got a bit of a bright future in football, I think. Um, and then we've got this Rodrigo Vilca. Ah, oh, this kid, from this Peruvian Peru. kid. Apparently, he's going to be the next best thing. Hopefully, he becomes another Nobby Solano. How many times have we been told that, though? Next um, best thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I think overall, yeah, the feeling is that we're, we're quite pleased with uh, transfer activity. And we've, proven, we've, we've brought in some proven experience, Premier League experience, importantly. Obviously, mm-hmm. Jeff Hendricks, Irish international, uh, Callum Wilson, uh, England international, or was briefly. Brian Fraser, Scottish international. Lewis is a Northern Ireland international. Um, all with Premier League experience, which is kind of unheard of for us. We usually dip into the, the French market to, and buy players you've never even heard of before. So it's nice to have some familiar names on the roster this year. Got a net spend of £34.5 million this year. Just, just unheard of for us. And um, the start to the season has been a bit mixed for you. Obviously, you had a good start away at West Ham and then and then the, we'll gloss over maybe the, the, the defeat at home to Brighton. But you've got some exploits in the Cup to balance that out as well with a quarter-final coming up, mm. although a long way away at mm. Christmas time now. So generally, are, are we happy with where we are? Would we like to have... Do we, think we should have had more points on the board by now and did you expect to go this far in the cup um well i don't think you ever expect to be smacked three nil at home by brighton um so that was that was really disappointing but it's also kind of started a lot of alarm bells so west ham was quite a convincing performance but probably more so because west ham were fairly poor on the day um everything else since that has been a bit rubbish to be honest um we just never looked threatening at all I think since West Ham we've had one shot on target or something hard you have to remind me one shot on target and I think it was Callum Wilson's penalty in the 95th minute against Tottenham Um, just we've brought in a striker but we're not giving him any service at the minute which is really annoying and I think there's a bit of disillusionment to to Steve Bruce's style of play and the way he sets up now it's you know the, the, the fears are starting to creep in quite quickly 
bit of Bruce Ball. It's a one one way and one way only. It doesn't really change. I think that well, you said you touched on Brighton game before. Like we just had no direction really with the Brighton game. Uh, we were set up exactly the same way we did at West Ham, but you can't do that for two Premier League sides in a row. They'll they'll pick your holes like what Graham Potter did. Just got that um, Lamptey uh, young lad to just to just run it. ASM because <laughs> you can't defend. <laughs> defend to save his life. It's um it's tough. Uh Hodge cracked me up the other day when we were watching the the Morecambe. No, it was the Blackburn game, wasn't it, Hodge? Um Blackburn, we've yeah, gone yeah. from playing Bruce Alone to, to Bruce Ball um within a matter of a week. And it's quite a stark difference. Um so yeah, it's really disappointing. Getting off to a really promising start with are Newcastle fans. So as soon as you win, you think you're gonna win the league, you know, win the cup, we're gonna be in the Champions League next year. And then the week after, we're all thinking we're going to be relegated. So it's a mix of emotions so far. Do, do the fans have the fans warmed to Bruce? Because obviously he's got obviously got the history with the other side and things. Um, but he's been there. You know, he's had a reasonable length of time for a Premier League manager. Now, uh, do people support him, or would people rather see him out the door? How's he? How's his stock at the minute amongst fans? It's gone. <laughs> pretty rollercoaster right there him as well to be fair it's uh at the start i think some people were like okay it's the best we've kind of got we're not really going to attract anyone else let's see how he does after 10 games after 10 games everyone was still like hmm uh and then obviously we managed to stay up which i think was a good achievement for him to be fair to get us to 13th but i would love to see him go now uh i don't particularly get on with his tactics how how he is i think he's just a really likable bloke uh, in the changing room, but I don't think anyone actually fights for him, if that makes sense. Um, Will, I'm sure you've got a, a different opinion, maybe. Oh, so. no, no, no. Very much the same. I <laughs> think you have to kind of caveat everything with the fact that, in my opinion, Newcastle fans are probably the most fickle fans in the league. Um, I don't know if that's contentious or offensive to say, but, you know, we'll go one week, as I say, thinking he's the best manager ever when he gets a 2-0 win against West Ham. And then the week after, he's the worst manager in the league. Um, I think he's had to work quite hard to to win some fans on the side. Because remember, obviously, he was um, Sunderland manager for quite a long time. His record in the league's not been the best by any stretch. Um, but yeah, Hodgie said he's, he's a likeable bloke. Like He's a local lad. He's a Newcastle fan. So you almost kind of want it to work for him. But it's not quite, um, it's not quite happening on the, on the pitch. As of late, I mean, we were just about scraped through against League Two Newport and the Carabao Cup, um, and have a feeling that we're going to get absolutely smacked by uh, by Brentford in the next round. So it's that kind of sums it up. If you're thinking that you're going to be smacked against Championship side Brentford, um, it kind of gives you a, a bit, well, it's just my opinion and my thoughts, but it kind of gives you a, an insight into what we're thinking. How safe do you think his position is? I mean, how how quickly do you think Ashley would pull that trigger? And do you think any p- kind of pending takeover would <clears throat> would buy him more time or less time? Or you know, do you expect him to last the whole season? Um, I think if we were taken over tomorrow, he'd be gone on the same day. Personally, he's just not like a, an aspirational manager. He's not going out to be the most exciting team in the league. You think? Well, hark back to like. Quite recently, um, well, not even, I'll go for a different point. If we, we hark back to like Kevin Keegan, Kevin Keegan's an absolute legend in Newcastle United because he played exciting football. Bobby Robson played exciting football. He got results. We ended up in the Champions League with Bobby Robson. Um, 
you just can't see it happening with you know the only thing they all share in common is gray hair unfortunately um you just can't see it happening with with Bruce at all he's just he's not playing he's probably playing for mid table he's not playing for top half he's just literally trying to get keep us safe i think that's that's all all he can do in his powers i think um yeah, just finishing above that red line. But yeah, so Matt, to, to answer your question, I, I think he's a, he's very much a, a a Mike Ashley signing. He's a he's a Mike Ashley man. So he'll be he'll, he's the face to Mike Ashley's operation at Newcastle United, um, much like Alan Pardew was. Um, he's yeah. just yeah, I, I don't think he his, his days would be numbered if if anyone else came in. So looking ahead to Saturday evening's match against Burnley, it's not been the most particularly exciting matchups in, uh, in the last couple <laughs> of seasons. How do, you, how do you see this one going? Do you think a, a, another goal fest that we've seen in the Premier League over the last couple of weekends is on the way, or do you think this could be one of the the rare nil nils of, of this season? Well, as usual, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge optimist, so I, I, I think it's going to be five nil to Newcastle. But uh, Hodge, will <laughs> have a different opinion. I think the last. The last previous meetings have been nil nil, one nil to Burnley, two nil to Newcastle. I think that was the last three games. Yeah, um, yeah. I can just see another draw, a stalemate at one one or two two. To be totally honest, I've gotten honestly, I've lost all care about Newcastle recently with results. I just so pessimistic. It's right hard now. to watch Bruce effect. It's so yeah, hard. Yeah, it's to really watch. hard to watch. Um, and I think you guys will be way more organised than what we will. So yeah, it's gonna it looks be, like I think um, it'll be an interesting game for people to watch, maybe, but. Um, I'm going to be hiding behind a cushion. I know. Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't know if don't personally know too much about Daich and his tactics, but he he seems to have you guys playing in a really organised fashion. I think you seem to have a really good core of players that you kind of build around, like the Ben Mees, Tarkowskis. Um, you've got Chris Wood up front as well, who who seems to be doing quite well so far this season. I just don't know how Jamal Lascelles and Fernandez would. Will be facing up against someone like him. What do you reckon? We've got um, we've been ravaged by injuries during um, towards the end of project lockdown and even the start of this season. You know, we've 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 had to kind of piece together a side, but we we have got players on the way back in. Uh, Tarkovsky's um, magical toe injury, which you know, there's some people here that were skeptical whether he was actually. Oh, he's off to Leicester. Is well, that seems to have gone now. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, that just before I think it was on Wednesday in the run up to the City game, um, the new there was kind of pretty much strong reports coming out that that they weren't going to go any higher. They weren't going to meet what he wanted. They turned their attention to somebody else, and then he played against City on uh, on Wednesday night. Did the whole ninety minutes. So that's kind of for me an indication that you know. They put that to bed for this window, at least. Um, we've got Ashley Barnes back now from injury. He played against City again on um, on Wednesday night. It was first uh, first senior match since New Year's Day, so I expect him and Wood maybe to start up front yeah, uh, on Saturday because because uh, Jay Rodriguez is is out injured at the minute. He won't be back until after the international break. Uh, ben Mee is probably still out until he's, I think he's touch and go for this weekend. So you know we'll have uh, Tarkovsky and Kevin Long at centre back. Um, so not our not our usual first choice eleven going out there. Uh, but you're right, he he does keep them organised. It's how we play. We set up. Everyone knows their job. It's just always a question of how well they do that job. Mm. Um, 
last week against Southampton was was a bit poor in places. There was people not necessarily doing what, what we know they're capable of. Uh, Dale Stevens came in and made his debut uh, and it was kind of a debut to forget, really. You know, some people were asking if it was still in Brighton. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But then, you know, the performance against Leicester in our first match, even though we we, we lost, people were, were quite happy with the actual performance we put in. So, yeah, I think it's going to be. Hmm, I don't know how which way it's going to go. Whether it's going to be another ball fest or whether it's going to be a goal fest, yeah. you can kind of toss a coin at the minute, really, in, in, in the way things are. And uh, in empty stadiums, you're not quite sure what kind of match you're going to get. Am I right in thinking that Dale Stevens is your only real first team signing in this window? Uh, absolutely right. We we, <laughs> we signed a third choice goalkeeper from Will Wolves, Morris, wasn't he? From, from Wolves, but he's he's definitely third choice. <laughs> um, but yes, we're currently being linked with Harry Wilson from Liverpool. Apparently we've put in a bid, which which shock hollow to Burnley, is probably a bit below what Liverpool wants for him. <laughs> that a, uh, he did play, he played last night as a permanent signing, yeah. Um, we've put in, I think, 12 million plus 4 million of add-ons, and I think they were wanting a, a bit more than that. Um, he played last night in the Cup, which some people thought was a sign that he maybe wasn't leaving, but then other people were saying, well, you know, they're probably putting him out there and putting him in the shop window and trying to attract a bit more, you know, a bit of a bid-off and things over this weekend. So that is really, I think, the only serious name left. Anything else is people like Craig Dawson, um, Cook from Bournemouth, kind of ageing centre-backs to just come in and, and be um, a bit of cover for us really but yeah I think if we got Wilton over the line I think it'd be an exciting signing it's a position that we're desperate for um, our wingers um, Goodmanson got injured uh, in the cup Brady got injured um, so there are they are on the way back but we are desperately short of cover on the wing so that one would be great but no it's not been a great transfer window um, but there's there's strong rumours of us getting taken over by an American course consortium. So the owners are probably reluctant to go out and splash out millions at a time when they're trying to sell the club. Um, and you know, Dice is still pulling reasonable performances out of this skeleton squad. I think if we were getting battered every week, they might be a bit more. Um, willing to kind of get the checkbook out. But they've always been cautious with the finances. They've just been ultra-cautious mm. in the last six months with no gate receipts coming in. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see what this weekend brings, see what happens when once the window's shut where we are. Um, but I think most people are, are, are kind of confident that we've got enough to be better than three or four other teams in the league. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, the, it's kind of, that, this kind of the approach that some Burnley fans take. It's what you aspire for. Are we, are, we, are we better than... West Ham, um, you know, maybe Leeds if they go off the boil. Newcastle. Uh, well, <laughs> Newcastle don't necessarily get mentioned as much. Um, but, yeah, you only have to be better than three other teams to survive. And survival with no gate receipts this season it just seems to be even more important, I think, than it has been in the past. Yeah, yes, good point. So finally, here we give you opportunity to uh, plug your podcast, tell people where they can find you if they're interested in, in following you and keeping up to you with your opinions on everything uh, black and white. Um, yeah, so you can find us on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast, or you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. 
we've not uh, we've not posted for a while, unfortunately. Uh, obviously, with the down season and what's been going on, um, I'm actually based in London. Hodgie and Gray, my, the other two lads, are based up in Newcastle, so we've got to do everything virtually at the minute. Um, but we're looking to get back into it now that the season's back up and running. Well, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen, and let's hope for uh, a good match on Saturday evening. Yeah, fingers crossed. Best of luck. Yeah, best of luck. Cheers. Fantasy Premier League update. Moving on, young Dave, we have a small matter of game week three of the much-coveted and much-loved known and ever Fantasy Premier League. Dave, talk us through the movers and shakers, please. Yeah, we have some moves and shakers in the top five. As, as we expect, in the early stage of the season, you do get quite a bit of movement, right? It does take a little time to uh, to settle down. Uh, but in terms of the top five uh, managers we've got, uh, we've got a climber up to number one. Uh, Matthew Blackburn is our current leader uh, with 214 points. Uh, he got 61 in the last game week. Uh, Daniel Meller is in second place on 208. They're actually, joint second. Um, it must be on base of last week's score. He's gone into second place. Um, also is Ursay on 208 points. We've got Charlie Bins in fourth place on 204. And Dale Warrington's in fifth place on 195. So they're the early leaders, but we expect that to uh, to change as things settle down in the first, well, maybe month or so, I would imagine. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I have also been trying to keep an eye on um, some team known in ever places to see what's going on. And, and also, if you remember last week, we were trying to figure out where our reigning champion Bennett Howarth is as well. Uh, I can tell you that young Bennett is at uh, in 82nd spot at the moment with 163 points. Um, the current known in ever team, Richard, Richard Steele is on in 60th. He's our highest um, team at the moment. He's on in 60th with 160. He won, he won last season as well, didn't he? He was the highest of our uh, He was. Yeah, he's a bit better mm-hmm. than us. So our current team, Richard, is at 60th place with 168 points. Uh, producer Matt's in 86 with 162 points. Uh, Tom is in 138th with 146 points. And then we don't have to go any further, do we? Uh, well, George is there. George is in 170th with 139 points. And Dave, you are in 203rd with 126 points. I am now in, and I managed to score 34 points last week. For 240th out of 240. You know, Dave, we didn't need to go there. Our listeners didn't, <laughs> didn't need to know that. They just needed to know that I was in and that I scored points. It's fine. Sigh. Um, I've also spotted this week a few ex-known um, and ever team as well, some of our previous um, team members who are still in our league. So I wanted just to give them a quick shout out and see where they are. Uh, Jamie Smith, our old horse Jamie, who was uh, obviously one of the um, founder members of the known and ever team, is in 117th with 153. Um, other founder members, Adam Howarth and James Bird, are in 163rd and 180th with 140 and 137 points, respectively. And Gemma Avery, who you'll remember, joined us a couple of seasons ago to help with um, our reporting and coverage of Burnley women, which we do hope to get back to at some point this season, is in 183rd with 136 points. So there you go. That's going to be my contribution to the Premier uh, to the Fantasy League, and we'll try and keep an eye on uh, Team None and Ever and see how we're doing. Uh, right, where are we up to next? I've lost my place. I've lost my place in my script. Team of the week. Then. Yes, team of the week. Thank you. I got I got myself uh, I got myself all lost then looking at too too many spreadsheets in front of me. Team of the week. What 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 happens there? 
Uh, well, well, there were no Burnley players in the team of the week following Saturday's defeat to Southampton. That's perhaps not a surprise to anyone. Uh, but there were no Saints players in there either. Um, the highest scoring player overall for the week was uh, Jamie Vardy. Uh, he picked up 17 points. Um, and he's also the highest scoring player for the season to date. He's up to 32 points so far. Um, and when we look at Burnley players... Uh, on their own. Um, obviously, they've only played two games, whereas most teams have played three. Uh, but Jimmy Dunn and Chris Wood are the highest scoring Burnley players so far. They've got eight points each. Excellent. Um, so, in summary, young Dave, I think we've closed it now, haven't we? Have we? Um... Uh, I haven't. I haven't officially yet. So, if, I think if you quit, you can still join the league and challenge our reigning champion, Bennett Howarth, as we've mentioned. Um, if anyone wants the code, it is G three Q K zero F. So that's golf number three Quebec kilo number zero Foxtrot. I do think we're going to have to close it though soon, Dave. It's, it's getting to game week four now. I don't think we're going to get any more entries. I think. I think no, we need to. I, when when's the cutoff for entering game week four? Is it eleven o'clock on Saturday morning? Uh, it'll be sometime on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah depending think, on what time. Yeah. The as soon as are, the yeah. entries for game week four, I'll shut it. Shut then, it. Yeah. Slam it shut. That door's gone. Um, and this time next week, when we report on this, Dave, I'm not going to be in last place because I'm I'm getting this now. I'm under. I'm not massively understanding it, but I feel like I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm changing my team and I'm making them substitutions and I'm doing stuff. So. I'm coming. For, I'm going to finish higher than you this season, Dave. We'll see. Mark my words. Stackman Dave's quiz question. Let us finish off this week's podcast, then, Dave, with a quiz question. What are you setting our listeners this week for their homework, please? Right. Well, this goes back to the match that we'd mentioned uh, earlier in the show, the one which was uh, took place uh, at Newcastle United on New Year's Day, 2015. Um, and what we want to know is, can you list the names of the Burnley players among our matchday squad of 18 uh, who are still on the playing staff at the club today? So it's over five years ago. Can you list the names of the Burnley players among the matchday squad of 18 who were named for the 3-3 draw at Newcastle United on New Year's Day 2015? Who are who still on the playing staff at the club today? So essentially, what you're saying is, is that there are some players who played <clears> in 2015 who are still still at the club. Yes. Players. Mm. players, can we have a clue? Are they players or have they moved into uh, pl- only players? Oh. Only players. Players who are still on the them... playing staff. How many of them are well, there? I'm not going to say that because that might give it away. But ah! but uh, we've mentioned there the, there is at least one. Uh, we've mentioned um, one of them already in the piece that we did. If you want to go back and listen to that, so I can think of one. Probably because I mentioned I it earlier, and you were you were paying I mean, attention, I wasn't weren't listening. you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't listen. I do, I do listen, Dave. Of course, I do. I pay, I pay lots of attention to what you're saying. Well, why don't you tell? Moving on, why don't you tell our listeners how they submit their answers, please? Uh, yeah, they can get in touch with us in the usual way. That's uh, to tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. Um, email us podcast at nonenever.net, or we'll be posting uh, a, a post on the never Facebook page, and you can reply to that as well. Excellent. And do join us with this quiz because it's no good me trying to answer them every week because I never get them right. So, um, yeah, send us your answers. Get involved. Um, 
And that's all we've got time for, I think, Dave. I can't think we've got anything else to talk about this week. So shall we bid our listeners farewell and send them on their merry way? Um, as ever, our thanks go to producer Matt for editing all of this together and publishing it out there. Um, my main thanks, of course, go to Dave, who is just puts a ridiculous amount of effort and time into this podcast. And we love it very much, Dave, and your enthusiasm is infectious. So thank you very much. Um, but as ever, your my main thanks go to you the listener for downloading and listening to this episode um as i mentioned last week we had the very exciting news that our listener figures for the preview show have doubled from last season um and they increased again at the weekend so we got even more listeners joined us this weekend which is just really really exciting times um the preview show's really taken off and it is all down completely to the hard work of dave so um i'm really pleased that you guys are tuning in and listening along with us um it makes our job so much easier um the we'll be back with the full show on tuesday i think where we will be um lamenting the exit from the caribou cup and basically not wanting to play City ever again. We will be looking back at this weekend's game over Newcastle and hopefully talking about lots of goals and lots of points. Um, and then Dave and I will be back next weekend for the preview show next Friday, won't we? No, we won't. No, we won't, because there's the international break, isn't there? So, uh, I thought that was a week we after. There you go. Don't play again till West Brom. So we've got, a, we've got the international break in between. Oh, we do. Okay, well, in that case then, me and Dave won't be with you next Friday. You're going to have to have your weekends on your own without us. Um, but do keep an eye out because as we announced in the um, main show during the week, we have got a very special podcast with Radio 1 DJ and Burnley fan Jordan North to come in the international break. So we will get that instead. We won't be anywhere near as good as listening to me and Dave do the previous show. But, you know, we've got to keep your interest going. Um, so take care in the meantime. I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all wearing your masks. And I hope you're all looking after one another and trying to get through this pandemic until we all meet again at Turf Moor. Take care. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.